People, we're coming off an incredible event over the weekend. Some of you were there, and it was incredible. We had dinner Friday night. We had organic discussions. The food the next morning, also organic. It was amazing. Now, I I knew we would have fun, but I was honestly, really, I, I was really surprised at how impactful this thing was for all of us. So I'm going to share a bit about our time together because people need to know what happened. So I'll share two major points, stuff that we discussed as a group, okay? The first about dreams and goals, and the second about fire alarms. You with me? Shall we do this? Okay. Like most good things, our time together began with a story. This one came from Ian Morgan Crone's book, Jesus, My Father, the CIA, and Me. That's like a really good title, so I'm going to say it again. Jesus, My Father, the CIA, and Me. He tells this story about farmers who, as they started to, to, to handle, what's the farming word for that? To plow, to plot larger areas of land, as their farms just got bigger, They'd hear stories, stories about how the climate would impact what was happening to fellow farmers. Because in that area, blizzards and whiteout conditions could arise almost out of nowhere. And you only need to hear a story once or twice about a fellow farmer who went out to plow his fields or to tend to his barns during a snowfall, and then a whiteout snowstorm comes. And the guy can't find his way back to his barn, and he dies. You hear that once, maybe twice, and you're going to do something about it. You're going to make sure that that does not happen to you. So he says that farmers would get into the habit during especially rough times of the year. They'd tie a rope around their waist, and they'd tie the other end off to their house. They'd go out and close up their barns. And if a whiteout storm came, they could pull themselves back home. What are you tied off to? Who are you? That was our big focus, identity. Because COVID and parenting and fire alarms in the middle of the night, they rock you and they get you spinning. And the next thing you know, you're lost. You've lost yourself. You don't really know who you're becoming or you feel like one aspect of your personality. It's all you are. And you're longing for a return to self, to home. So with all the discussions that we had as a group this weekend, and these were very organic stuff. I mean, this was, this was not us teaching down, but it was like a full body discussion about identity. With all of that happening, I heard like two big takeaways, okay? And the first one, you're going to love this. The first one was about dreams and goals, Now, for the audience that was with us this weekend, dreams and goals. I mean, it's not very often somebody asks them, hey, what are your dreams? What are your goals? Often they play a supporting role in other people in their families, like their spouse's goals and dreams. You with me on this? You know what? Okay, does this feel like it's hitting home yet? How much have you thought about the difference between setting goals and dreaming? I am not a very good dreamer. 
Dreams don't need a roadmap. They're, they're dreams. It's okay to have them. I mean, like my wife and I dream of moving and retiring to San Luis Obispo, California. Have you been there? It's gorgeous. The ocean is like right there. Drive up the coast, you can go to wineries. The weather is perfect all year round, but it's too expensive. There's no plan. We have no clue how we could ever make that leap over there. It's a dream. And that's okay. Dreams are healthy. They elicit creativity. They like they stimulate your spirit to think forward in big ways. But goals, goals on the other hand, these are the attainable things. This stuff has a roadmap to getting done. You want to be debt free? Cool. Great. Awesome. Make a plan. I guess you, you know you want to back squat 400 pounds? Well, you know, you better you better get on a squatting plan. Goals. Dreams. Why are we talking about this? Because for some of you, I'd love to see you go back to the drawing board. I'd love to see you do it because I need to do it too. Be reflective, steal away time, meditate, pray, talk to people in your life who love you and who you love back, who care for you, who want what's best for you. Because otherwise we'll fall victim to what Charles Hummel calls the tyranny of the urgent. It's when the only thing that we pay attention to is the urgent thing. It's like I'm helping my seven-year-old with online school. Now I need to go help my nine-year-old with online school. Now I need to clean my floors. Now I need to get ready for work. Now I need to pack my lunch. Now I need to prep for my in-laws coming over because they're helpful, but they're also not helpful. Do you hear me? Are you with me? The tyranny of the urgent becomes all that we see. We got to dream. We got to reflect. What are our goals? We don't want to get lost in the blizzard. So mistaken identity. That's what happens. When we just follow the urgent thing, we kind of forget other aspects of who we are. You know, we sat down and we, we talked about I am 20. It's an exercise, super simple. I am 20 blanks on the page. I am a father, I am a husband, I am this, I am that. Uh, Can you fill 20 blanks? It's really hard. And when there's a blizzard in your life, when there's whiteout conditions in your life, and you kind of can't remember what you're tied off to, or when one aspect of your personality is totally and utterly overshadowing the other parts of who you are, we forget who we are. But when you do these goals... When you do this reflective time and and actually dream, remember that these things take time. They're not instantaneous. Often, actually, there's this first monumental or momentous or life-changing experience or thought that opens your eyes. I mean, think about it. Think about the big things in your life. It could have been childbirth. It could have been uh, accomplishing something huge at work that not many people accomplish. It could be a spiritual experience. It was for Julian... Uh, of Norwich. She, she's the English mystic. On like a May 8th or something random, some early like Tuesday morning, she had some deeply spiritual experience. And she lived off that life-changing spiritual experience the rest of her life. She tried to describe it in her writings, which she called showings, but that night God showed her his heart and nothing more happened. Or people like Angela Marici, who founded the Ursulines. I mean, I don't expect you to know this, but Marici, Julian of Norwich, 
These are spiritual folks. And Junipero, Sarah, they all had these religious experiences at 17 or 18 that told them what they were going to do. And neither of them did it until they were 55. 55 years old. So from 18 years old to 55 years old, you know what we call that? With, with Father Richard Rohr, I, 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 here's what we call this. Rohr calls it the unfolding. From 18 to 55 was the unfolding. And then when it happened at 55, they knew what they were born for. When that moment comes, it's great and it's all, it's all there. It's grace at work. I mean, it's beautiful. But it takes time. Whatever you're dreaming and whatever you're visioneering, whatever you're dreaming up with your goals, settle in for the long haul. Enjoy the journey. A lot of you guys know I'm, t- I'm a total CrossFit nerd. I started doing CrossFit like 10 years ago, and it's just been a big part of who we are. Maybe it's almost 11 years ago now. No, 10. And, and look, there's this great story. I've told it before about Katrin Davis' daughter. Katrin's uh, one of the fittest women in the world. She can run faster than most people. She can lift more than most people. She can kind of do it all. She won the CrossFit Games for the women, not one, but two years in a row. And after that second win, her coach says, Katrin, like, how do you feel? And she's on the floor, you know, tears flowing down her face. She just won. And she says, you know, I, I, think, I, I think I thought that I'd be happier. I thought I'd be happier. But she wasn't saying like, oh, I'm, I, life is so empty. I have this hole inside of my heart. Nothing makes me happy. No, she wasn't saying that. She was saying something more. Yes, this is meaningful, but I'm ready to get back to training. I love the journey of 5 a.m. workouts by myself in the garage, of, of 12 p.m. workouts with friends in a social setting at the gym, of suffering in silence, of dieting, all of it. She loved the journey, and it led her to this moment. And man, I hope whatever you dream up is something that you can enjoy the journey as you, as you walk down that path. But there's this other thing we talked about, Fire alarm moments. Fire alarm moments. Look, it's when you're walking along with plans and goals and bam, you're awakened to like sudden and drastic change. Your, your child has cancer. Your spouse who's been away for a couple months now thinks they're going to be gone for many more m- months. Uh, when are you coming back? I, I don't know. And oh, by the way, childcare is closed. Schools are closed. Gyms are closed. Churches are closed. Sound familiar? COVID, anyone? I mean, really? Could this be any more real? It's like having a quiet, luxurious hotel room all to yourself for one glorious night. Sound familiar? Only to violently be awakened in the middle of the night at 2 a.m. by a fire alarm, which sounds a lot like the alarm for incoming fire, by the way which may or may not have happened to 30 of us on Friday night, and we walk outside and it is raining. What? It's raining. Fire alarms, violently waking you from slumber, and it's raining outside. Is there a better metaphor for being a family who has a parent working in an organization that can handpick them to travel or to leave or to be gone for long periods of time? No. Friends, fire alarm moments. This is a collective metaphor that we can use. In these fire alarm moments, I heard from 30 folks over this weekend that what helps extinguish the flames of your life 
When things seem to be falling apart, it's pretty simple. It's compassion and it's understanding. Here's what we know. We know this from a scientific perspective. When you have somebody in your life who genuinely seeks to understand how hard this fire alarm moment in your life really is, they're seeking to show genuine compassion for what's happening. This is water. Water that doesn't fully extinguish the flames. I mean, look, it's still happening. The fire alarm's still going off, but it goes a long way to dampening the effect of the fire. And you, and you know what? It's these unwanted fire alarm moments where transformation can happen. Two great paths to transformation. It's the path of suffering and it's the path of love. And whether you're a stay-at-home mom or a student or a soldier or a doctor, everybody has their lives turned upside down from time to time. And probably right now is one of those times. Profound change. Change in who you think you are, who you want to be. It's the kind of thing that can happen along the two great paths, suffering and love. Look, all great religious teachers have recognized that we humans don't naturally see. We have to be taught how to see. That's why there's a biblical metaphor and prayer, Lord, give me eyes to see. That's what religion's for. That's why Jesus and even Even Buddha say it with one voice, be awake. Jesus talks about staying watchful again and again in the Gospels, and Buddha itself means I am awake in Sanskrit. But Jesus goes further. He says, if your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. Friends, I I think we just need to learn how to see what's there. So when we're suffering, when the fire alarm goes off, we can see what we're tied off to see who we are, see who's pulling us back to ourselves, and see the God who loves you and calls you by name. I guess it just brings us back to our story. Blizzards come up fast. Fire alarms go off in the middle of the night. They do. I'm sorry, they just do. But if you're tied off to a house, like something that can help you stay grounded to who you are, you won't be lost. I am tied off to the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, who called me by name and to his family. That is my home. Tracy's there with me. My family's there with me. But that is my home. What are you tied off to? Are you in a storm right now? Has the fire alarm been pulled on you and now you're flailing? This is what we talked about, friends. We love you. We pray for you by name every night. And I can't wait to see you soon. Bye.